0: Um, a bunch of guys that pretty much just do psalms and I've been listening to them just for a few years now I guess Uh, just almost constantly whenever I'm in the car and I've just come to love the psalms just so much Uh, and they do a really great version of Psalm 148 and uh, it's just so much exuberance and just it's such a great song that I really wanted to do it but I think I would put you off music forever so so I'll just read it instead and and I encourage you go and go and Look up Sons of Korah, Psalm 148. Oh, um, Matt, can I have control? So we'll read this together. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted, his splendor above the earth and the heavens. And he has raised up for his people a horn the praise of all his faithful servants of israel the people close to his heart for for an extended season we all go through seasons right sometimes we are really close to the lord and and everything you know the troubles of the world are water off our back and and other times not so much And I find that even when I praise the Lord, um, I've got this thing in the back of my head, you're just doing that because you want something. Even when I pray, oh, you're just doing that because you want something. You you know, even the best things I do um, are because I want something. Um, And things that I want to overcome, you know, last week I think it was Phil took us through Romans 7 and the the things I want to do I don't do, the things I do want to do I don't, you know, and we're struggling with that all the time. And, um, and I was seeking the Lord for an answer and I was hoping something like, you know, victory is nigh. You know, tomorrow will be a better day and, you know, tears may come in the night but joy in the evening. Something encouraging like that. But instead the, the verse that stuck in my mind was Hebrews 12.4. In your struggle against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Not what I was hoping for at all. And so the lord is telling me that you're in a fight you're in a violent fight you're in a fight that won't stop until i see him face to face and and we're free from all of this stuff but we're in a a terrible fight uh it's just for a season you know i know we'll have better seasons and and things will seem clearer and I'll, i'll know his voice again you know uh but the fight will continue and sometimes it's more violent than other times at the moment it's it's a little bit violent but keep fighting is is the key and the season will change but not yet but meanwhile uh avoid whining i find myself whining at the lord so much you know starting my prayers with oh lord you know <laughs> and it's, and i don't want to bug them like that because i remember years ago on base they used to call christians god botherers you know and like i think man i'm being a god botherer. i'm not taking my problems to i'm just whining and so um enjoying psalm 148 the way i have is like god's own gift for me to give him back a gift of pull my head in and just get on with the fight and praise god you'll notice in reading that thing, just praise him, praise him, praise him all over the place and this psalm is is not unique but it's the one i've chosen for today um it was about a year or maybe more ago that that kirsten rediscovered this 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 key this essential thing that we need to praise god (coughs) in good seasons and bad and I say rediscovered because we go back into that foolish season of, of self-pity and and listening to uh, other voices other than, than God's and being negative. And so today, apart from other things, this is a reminder to uh, praise God in wherever you're at. Um, Psalm itself is a, is a Greek word. It's not a Hebrew word. It means just song and implies one uh, accompanied by stringed instruments. The Hebrew didn't actually have a name for it because all the psalms are quite different there's some are just poems and songs some are laments some are prayers you know they have different kind of topics and and emphases but uh, generally the book was referred to as telehim which means praises and so uh, the people of God recognized that mostly this is a book about praising God and so even the book is called praises so we'll look at this uh, verse by verse um, which shouldn't bother you too much because there's Not that many verses. So praise the Lord. Uh, We probably know that this means literally hallelujah. And hallelujah, like so many other um, sanctified words, has lost the sanctified nature in our culture. And hallelujah usually means something like, my son has cleaned his bedroom or uh, or some other amazing thing that catches us by surprise this of course is not it and we we know it and i think i mentioned before what i really wanted to do if we had carols this year was to um to when we did that hallelujah song was to point out not only that it means praise the lord it's not just praise the lord but praise yahweh hallelujah you know the the covenant name that god gave israel and is given to us yahweh i am that i am <coughs> so it's very specific it's uh, not just Lord, not even God, but praise the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise him specifically. And so lots of people use it. Um, Ringo, not Ringo, George Harrison, you know, the Beatle uh, wrote a song saying, hallelujah about Krishna and all those wonderful things. Uh, not only is he, is he wrong, he's just grammatically incorrect as well, because it's hallelujah Yahweh. And so anyway, it's a special name this is uh this is my name forever and ever and uh put your glasses on you silly old man in exodus god said to moses i am who i am and this is what you are saying to say to the israelites i am has sent me to you god also said to moses say to the israelites the lord the god of your fathers the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob has sent me to you this is my name forever the name you shall call me from generation and we know uh, if we know much about The Jews today is that they, uh, and of course in the Bible, the Pharisees, is that they took this this special intimate relationship that God wanted with them and turned it into a religion. And I use that in the very negative sense, a man-made thing. And they took that special name that they were to call them for generation after generation, that thing that gives them a special intimacy with that particular God, that person. What do you call God when you're not called with him? Uh, And they won't even say it because they're so religious and they wanted to protect it so much uh, and not uh, blaspheme it. Seems really great on the outside, but the thing about relationships is that we make ourselves vulnerable to the ones we love. Uh, And perfectly described in in when Jesus came, right? He made himself completely vulnerable to us. He gave everything to us until we killed him on a cross um, because of our own wretchedness made himself completely vulnerable and god says i'm giving you this because i want a relationship with you and in a relationship when when you mess up and maybe you do disrespect my name because of one reason or another come back to me and i will forgive you you know but he gave them the special thing and they put it in a box and hid it away and so uh, in jewish literature you'll hear him ref- well, or speech you'll hear him referred to as elohim god or adonai lord um, or, or even hashem which just means the name which, again, sounds very, very religious and like they're protecting it, but he didn't want them to protect it. He made himself vulnerable um, so that we could uh, use that name as something special. So um, praise the Lord. is Hallelujah, Him, the one that we worship. So verse 2, it gets into praise them all you angels and heavenly hosts and uh, all these wonderful things. I'm not up to that. I'm up to this very colourful thing. As you can tell, I had great fun making this little slide because I got a bit tired preparing things and my brain was hurting, so I just took some time out and had a bag of chips and made this slide. But it does have a purpose. In Revelation 4 and 5, those great chapters where we see, uh, or John sees... um, all these seraphim and cherubim and and weird creatures and and wonderful things and 10,000 times 10,000 angels worshipping God uh, and such a a wonderful vision, and he gives it to us. And they use this incredible glossary. You know, we have pleasures, praise the Lord, and and the Bible gives us this probably a complete glossary in the English language of things we can praise him for. And so I want to take you through a few of them, and they're on that colourful slide. A worthy, gone... Worthy, glory, honor, and power. You are worthy, our Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power. Um, verse five, twelve. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Uh, just thinking of wisdom there. He's worthy to receive wisdom. Obviously, he is wisdom, but it uh, reminds me of the man most famous for having wisdom, Solomon, and he proved not worthy of having it. And Jesus obviously had it and uses it uh, in perfect justice uh, thanks praise be to the god uh, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our god forever and ever uh, verse 7 11 verse 15 chapter 15 verse 3 great and marvelous are your deeds lord almighty and so just on and on with all these reasons why we need to praise him and obviously they're there for a reason and we sung so many of them today Um, Praise and honour, glory and power be unto your name. You know, to try and get it into our melons so that we can engage with the words that we're saying. Just and true are your ways. Uh, Who will not fear you and bring you glory to your name? For you alone are holy. King of kings and Lord of lords. That's one of the cool ones in in chapter 19 when he sees the Lord coming on his horse. Um, Psalms, of course, adds, adds its own Uh, splendor and majesty and and it goes on and on it seems like any possible word that describes anything good and powerful and just awesome um is ascribed to the lord and probably the best and the most special of all is holy you know holy 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 they say it three times and they go on and on and on and it's in most of the songs i don't know if we've ever done a song set that doesn't include holy holy somewhere in, in the chorus uh verse chapter 4 verse 8 holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come first samuel 2 2 says there is no one like the lord no one like the lord this is a specific word for the lord holy there was no one like the lord there was no rock like our god we can have varying degrees of of all the other things you know we can do things that are praiseworthy in fact god can even call us holy but it's his holiness and so only God can be holy because part of the meaning of that is, is set aside above all of creation, above all those things that Psalm 48 describes, describes—you, sun and moon and shining stars. He is above all those things and he is perfect in holiness. So praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights above, praise him all his angels, praise him all his heavenly hosts. It's like uh, it's probably David who wrote this, you know, using that law of the last person in a heading. This is the Psalm of David, back at about 45, I think it said that. And uh, none of the subsequent Psalms were ascribed to anybody else, and therefore um, generally accepted that this is still a Psalm of David carrying on in that set. And it's like him, and, and by extension us when we read it or meditate on it as a choir master of all of creation it's like you're the song leader leading all of creation everything you can possibly think of anything that there is saying come on praise or let us praise the lord together and uh and leading that uh, you're obviously caught up in it yourself and it's this wonderful thing that it's not just us that's praising but all of creation and his exuberance he calls on everything that's ever made um, psalm 103 20 Praise the Lord, you as angels, you as mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. And so even, even those things that we can't see, that we know are going on anyway, um, for some reason the Lord invites us to be the song leader and say, let's go guys, let's get into it, and we join with them. Just, just kind of a side note, but you sort of wonder about how did David know about the things that we know in Revelation and that John saw, because um, Daniel and Ezekiel and Isaiah and and I don't know if any others saw those sort of strange and wonderful things, and they wrote about them, and they of course come after David. We know that Moses must have had some kind of knowledge of them because God said, I want you to draw cherubim on curtains and walls and things, and and make the ones over the ark, so he must have had some idea of, of what one looked like, but the Bible doesn't really tell us what kind of engagement they had with with uh, angels in fact the ones that it does describe they're usually like people and uh, and they entertain them sometimes unawares but um i'll read you this one time that david did see an angel first chronicles twenty one fifteen. david had foolishly and fake satan had incited david to make a census of all his fighting men and he sent out joab <coughs> Uh, And then the Lord, of course, expressed his displeasure at this. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough, withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth with a drawn sword in his hand extended over Jerusalem. And then David and the elders clothed in sackcloth fell face down. While Aruna was threshing wheat, he turned and saw the angel, his four sons who were with them, hid themselves. At that time, David saw the Lord, uh, had answered him on the threshing floor of Aruna at the Jebusite, and he offered sacrifices there, the tabernacle of the Lord, which the Moses had made in the wilderness, and the altar of burnt offering were at that time in the high place at Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God because he was afraid of the sword of the angel of God. So people hiding themselves. David is falling face down because of the vision of this angel between heaven and earth. So, uh, you know, angels are not those little, those little fairy things that we hang on our Christmas trees. You know, angels make, make bold warriors wet their pants. They're amazing things. So praise him, all you angels, all you strange creatures, powerful and mighty. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and your waters above the skies. These all—it's like, just it's like uh, he's just read Genesis one. You know, it's like he's just read the creation account. Everything that got made, um, praise God. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. Lightning and hail. Snow and clouds and stormy winds that do his bidding. So, having stut Oh, wait a minute. Nope, that'll do. That's good. good um So, having started with all those wonderful places and creatures above us, it now comes down to earth and says, "Everything down here, praise the Lord as well." You see, creatures in all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds and stormy winds that do his bidding. Um, instantly thought, of course, of Mark four thirty-seven when the storm came up on. Um, uh, uh, galilee lake galilee a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat with the disciples and, and jesus was in there so it nearly swamped them jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion the disciples woke him and said teacher don't you care if we drown he got up rebuked the wind and the waves said quiet be still and then the wind died down and it was completely calm he said to his disciples why are you so afraid do you still have no faith they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And they, and they do. Um, I know a guy who tried this a couple of times. <laughs> he felt like a total plonker. Uh, he, was actually, uh, he was actually, you know, it was raging storm. And he said, peace, be quiet, be still. You know, and I really meditated for ages and I thought I had it nailed, but yeah, nothing happened. But, um, but Jesus had complete control over it the whole time. And so it's not just things and places, but even the forces of nature and every physical law, gravity and, and stuff like that, are completely under God's, in God's hand. Romans 1.20 says, For since creation, the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, bless you, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. People without excuse, because how do these wonderful things hold themselves together without God to do it? You mountains and hills, fruit trees and cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. Again, we are being the choir master over all creation. It's weird how in, in the Great Commission, um, was, it, was it the Mark 1 and 16? One of the ones where Jesus said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Like, that's pretty weird. I don't know why, why he said that. I still don't understand that. But here every creature is is praising god as well i don't think trees can get saved so maybe somebody else can do a sermon on that psalm ninety six eleven says uh again and with this whole choir master and calling creation to praise let the heavens rejoice let the earth be glad let the sea resound and all that is in it let the fields be jubilant fields be jubilant how does a field be jubilant i asked the kids once um i was asking the same question you know well, how can a tree clap its hands and we were walking actually towards church and they pointed to that whatever it is across the road and i was going shh like it probably is now and i'm going oh duh <laughs> so there's a tree clapping his hands but um i'm not sure how a field can be jubilant uh, let a forest sing for joy let all creation rejoice before the lord before he comes he comes to judge the earth he will judge the world and righteousness and the people in his faithfulness romans eight nineteen says for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of god to be revealed So just as Jenny expressed, you know, Lord, we long for you to come, even creation, even that tree across the road, you know, the river, the, the stones will even cry out if, if we don't. Um, all of creation is waiting for the Lord to be revealed and to be freed from, from um, um, thorns and poison and, and sickness and all those wonderful things. <laughs> uh, verse 11, kings of the earth and all nations, so we're getting into people now those made in his image down here on earth kings of the earth and all nations you princes and all rulers on earth young men and women old men and children so after the highest heavens it's it's we who are made a little lower than the angels uh, like like mike's wonderful communion you know jesus condescended and, and came and played on the floor with us that was a beautiful picture um, and uh, we are made a little lower than the angels and he made himself in hebrews it first says we are made a little lower and then I wasn't going to use this but i noticed a little bit later it says he also was made a little lower than the angels um, so that he can come and be with us this is from page 786 i'm not sure what book it was i don't remember (laughs) but uh if you ever want a reference write down page 786 so the whole creation Is his one kingdom he's made everything everything that's called to praise him everything in Genesis 1 and 2 and 3 that he made is is his everything Uh, to be a creature in the world is to be a part of his kingdom and under his rule to be a human being in the world is to be dependent on and responsible to him to proudly deny that fact is the root of all wickedness the wickedness that now pervades the world so although every human being in the world is dependent on and responsible to him, not all honor him, and uh, that is the the wickedness that now pervades the world, and yet all kings and nations, every prince and ruler is called to praise him and uh, and it shall be so one day. So back to that motives and in, in praise thing that I open with you know you're only praising because you want a good time that's a I think that might be a legacy of our pentecostal roots i mean you know recent history just of people I was, I was looking up recently a few songs you know trying to keep things fresh and that. um and so many of them have uh great rock bands with lights and smoke and these really attractive young people on the stage and and in fact in the in the congregation and they're all having a wonderful emotional time and i'm kind of thinking this is just like the news isn't it amazing that every meteorologist is a supermodel i mean <laughs> Who would have thought what a coincidence that you know every meteorologist is built like a beach babe and um and just has such a wonderful knowledge of the weather um and all the anchor people they're just so attractive it's just so it'd be a great thing to get into maybe i'd get better looking but (laughs) what's happened it's possible how rude uh but same with these videos you know we want to put our best foot forward we're doing a program at work And the guy that uh, is the guru of it in America, of course, um, keeps talking about his his organization being young and hip, having this young hip vibe. Uh, Well, vibe schmibe, you know. Uh, I want songs that honor the Lord, and if they're going to be made in 1750, then so be it. Uh, You know, but uh, I really pray that you'll give us some some stuff that's a bit newer. But you know what I mean? Uh, If it doesn't honor the Lord, uh, who cares about the vibe or the image? So our motives and praise, anyway, was where I started with this. So I'm, I'm constantly harassed. I don't know if it's a curse or, or not, but praise and prayer and good works. I'm always always harassed in the back of my mind about my motives and, and that. And it was great to read uh, Job, who, again, I think I mention him every every sermon, but I just love this guy so much. And we know that in the beginning of Job, Satan appears with all the other angels before God, and God is boasting about job seeing job he's a good guy he honors me but the Satan says uh, back to the Lord does job fear God for nothing have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has have you blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land but now you stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face and so God lets him do that but uh, but not to actually touch Job and so then He says to Satan again, look at Job, even though you did these wretched things, he still honors me. Satan says in 2 verse 4, skin for skin, a man will give all he has for his own life, but now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. And so the accuser, which is what Satan means, indicts us for our mixed motives. You're only serving him for, um, for what you can get. And of course there's truth in that. I don't want to go to hell. I do want to go to heaven. It's awesome. It's totally cool. We want to go there. I do want God's blessing. Um, and as we mature, and as we're more and more filled with the Spirit, and, and our motives are, are sanctified more and more, uh, there'll be more pure motives. But until then, we've always got that thing going on in us. And it's just part of who we are. And uh, stay in the fight. Something I'm going to mention later. Uh, stay in the fight. And so it was great to see that uh, um, the devil uh i guess is is responsible i'm not trying to give up my own responsibility but you know it's a thing that goes on it's part of the fight that if you suffer from that um yeah the lord knows but in your struggle against sin you haven't yet shed blood so just keep fighting keep fighting but the lord's aware that satan is continually hassling us for our um, about our motives so what makes praise authentic well not not emotion you know not those things i've seen on youtube um and I don't mean to judge those folks. I'm sure there's folks under there that are, uh, have good motives and are sincere. Um, but generally, the image they present is uh, is one of wanting to be a hip vibe rather than one that honors the Lord. Uh, what makes praise authentic thinking about those people uh, when the lord rode the donkey into jerusalem and they're all going hosanna hosanna and they're putting palm branches in their coats in front of them and they they want him to be king and they're so happy to see him and then just uh, was it days later they're saying crucify him crucify him you know uh earlier in john it says the lord didn't, didn't give himself to anybody because he knows what's in the heart of man and true all those people who praise him in one hand uh the next day uh, his own, his own dear friend Peter. One day he's saying, "I'll die with you," and that very night he's saying, "I don't even know him." So, uh, what makes praise authentic? Well, one uh, is the obvious one: is that you have to be washed in the blood. You can't praise him if you don't know him. If you're not one of his people, I know I warp on about the whole "come as you are." Um, But to build on that thought that you can't just come as you are to worship god you can come as you are to get born again how can you do otherwise you know um, you don't need to take a shower to have a bath you know you come and get washed because you're filthy but once you're his and you want to come and worship you can't offer your offering without preparing yourself and the old testament you know the book of moses describes the incredible things that they had to do and, and the sacrifices they had to make. Uh, Hebrews 9.22 In fact the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed by blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness and so they can't even use utensils without going through all these incredible ceremonies and so it is with us without us being washed in the blood and prepared and you know, uh, perhaps not physically doing communion but doing it in our hearts we can't come before God and there is no forgiveness but if we are washed in the blood then we have the audacity to approach God a holy god the audacity to approach this all-powerful and very very strict god um, even with our distracted worship our self-conscious worship our, um, our self-seeking praise you know uh, i want to worship the lord because it's really cool when you do and you engage and it is but that's not our motive for doing it um, but we do have the audacity because we're washing the blood to come with all those things hanging on to us and, and offer praise so that's, that's the first thing and, and hopefully the obvious thing. But the next thing is what I mentioned a minute ago. Stay in the fight. What makes our praise authentic is staying in the fight, not just those, Hosanna, Hosanna, here he comes, he's going to be king, we're going to kick some Roman butt, and the things are going to be as we always hoped they would be. Uh, It means staying in the fight when you can't find God, and and when he seems to have uh, just hidden himself from you, staying in the fight when sin seems to be having a a field day, and your victory seems to be far, far off. Staying in the fight means, uh, you know, God has made one day as well as the other. Um, James says... Are you happy? Sing praises. Are you suffering? Then pray. Then let you pray. Seek God and pray. Pray until you're happy and you can sing praises. But never give up. Stay in the fight. And that makes the praise authentic, that when you are on that mountaintop and you offer him, uh, it's not just giving flowers to a wife that you beat. You know What's the point of that? I use that analogy quite a bit. Why would I give Rosh flowers if I'm unkind to her? It's just a wretched uh, thing. The Lord told, or Samuel told Saul, you know, uh, God to obey is better than sacrifice to do those things that you need to do every day you know to walk humbly and just do justly and love mercy is better than all the sacrifice it's better than the blood of bulls and goats uh, so that's what he wants stay in the fight day after day then you you know that your praise will be authentic and that's one of the purposes of hardship—that's uh, to purify our praise. We sing "refiner's fire," and sometimes I'm afraid to sing "refiner's fire" because "refiner's fire"—that's us going through uh, horrible things to purify our praise. So, what a strange song to, to wish for, but sometimes it's appropriate. Uh, last week, Shah did—I uh, just love that music set so much as I did today. It's just thank you so much, music guys, to. You know i can i can just enjoy the words and the meanings of the songs and last week we did blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful it's like a modern it is well with my soul you know when peace like a river um, and then the other hand blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where streams of abundance flow and blessed be your name when i found in a desert place though i walk through the wilderness blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me when the world's all as it should be and blessed be your name on the road that's marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. So giving up proves the value of our praise. You know, we're just the Hosanna people. Um, but uh, pressing on, or coming back when we stumble even, uh, proves that our praise is authentic. And one day uh, we'll be free of all those distractions, free of uh, uh, all those mixed motives, um, we'll be able to sing in pitch and, you know, in perfect notes and everybody will we'll be able to harmonize and have a great time. And, uh, and we won't care about the devil's uh, little accusations. So stay in the fight. Stay. Oh, I was looking at that, but you weren't. What were you looking at? Hmm, funny. Hmm. I'm going to leave that there because I want you to remember that. But I'm going to go on to verse 13 the last page <clears throat> let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted his splendor is above the earth and the heavens uh, the writer says let them praise because they were created hang on no what am I going to do <coughs> so you notice there have I highlighted yes I have that there's kind of two major sections there it's praise them all those things above uh, with a little bit in bold at the bottom saying why to praise him those things above then there's the stuff about us down here and why we should praise him the things below and what i want to point out is that for the people of the, the creatures uh, the creation above let them praise the name of the lord for at his command they were created and he established them forever and ever he issued a decree that will never pass away so they were created we know about satan ezekiel 28:13. You were in Eden, speaking of Lucifer, the garden of God, and every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, crystallite, emerald, topaz, onks, jasper, lapis lazuli, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in all your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. So twice the Lord in that description of this great uh, archangel uh, specifies that he is created. The trouble with Satan is he didn't really read this, did he? He forgot about that and he thought he was as good as God and we know what happened to him and what will happen to him. And so I think (coughs) part of the reason that it says in this psalm, let them praise the name of of the Lord for at his command they were created is to remind you that, hey, all you guys living in this splendor, these wonderful things that we can only read about, and who can imagine? Have you ever tried drawing a, a creature with four faces and eyes under his arms? And, you know, <clears throat> it can't be done, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but because of these people, whatever they are, up there living amongst this, uh, God is, or the choir master is saying, praise him uh, because he created you. That's why he's here. But for us down here, and verse 13, let us praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the, heaven, the earth and the heavens. So those things that we can't see, he encourages us to praise him because of those things uh, and to believe that they are there and that he is in majesty upon high. So we praise him for that reason. And so both of us, <coughs> those above and those here, um, are reminded of our own not-godness. As we praise god and, and praise god for being god and we're reminded that we are not god and not tempted to um to think so and he has raised up for his people a horn the praise of all his faithful servants of israel the people close to his heart you notice in psalms that that many maybe most um have the little claws at the end or even sometimes in the middle or even sometimes all through it uh, that acknowledges uh, Israel Jerusalem and Zion as being near to God's heart <coughs> you had the song that seems oh, thanks love that seems to do with all sorts of other things and absolutely nothing to do with Israel Zion or, or Jerusalem uh, and Jerusalem will get a mention in there always because God wants us to remember that uh, these are the people, this is the people he wanted to make himself vulnerable to, to be intimate with, and they're still close to his heart even though they are not interested in his name thus both their destiny, oh this is page 785 of that, that book, whatever it is, thus both their destiny and his honour came to be bound up with this relationship their destiny and his honour, so people judge uh, God through, through Israel, and uh, subsequently in modern days through us and, of course, the horn uh, that he's going to raise up, horn, is symbolic of strength. Uh, if you repeat it again and again in Revelation, about different authorities that, that raise up when the time is right. But the horn that God raises up for his people Israel, obviously, is Messiah, is, is our Lord Jesus. He is the strength of Israel. He's the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, and here's the one. <coughs> oh, that's good. Uh, and he he's the one who is their strength and finally of course as it began praise the Lord praise the Lord <coughs> praise the Lord and that'll just about do Hannah can we do uh, uh, for his name is exalted please because there's a bit of Psalm 148 in that song